What's up, Team Egos, and welcome to Optimized, the show helping you optimize your mind, body, and spirit through tea. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. Specifically, how we are going to optimize our minds, bodies, and spirits with tea is by digging into four topics and how tea can influence them. Those four are education, mindfulness practices, movement, and community. So tune in to learn how you can optimize your life today. Today, we are going to be talking about honoring nature and what we can do and what we should be doing as not only just tea lovers in general, but as people who honor and not only just honor, but acknowledge nature in general and some lessons that we can learn from some of the most popular teas out there and one of the most popular teas that we're going to talk about. And of course, before we dig into how we're honoring nature, let's talk about the tea that we're going to be drinking today because no good conversation happens without tea. So today we are talking about and we are drinking the lovely Da Hung Pao Oolong Tea. Mm. This tea, I was introduced to it. Let's see. Actually, it was a sample. One of the first tea cakes. If you're if you're familiar, there's a Pu'er tea cake that um, I bought. It was one of the first. It was the first tea cake that I bought after I discovered what Pu'er was and. In that was a sample of Da Hung Pao, and I didn't know what it was, so I looked into it, and I just loved the story. I loved the history um, behind it, and if you are familiar with Da Hung Pao, or familiar with tea, you've probably heard of Da Hung Pao, but if not, then we're gonna, you're in for a special treat, but this tea, it's so, the aroma to me has always been a very woody tobacco-y, chocolatey type aroma and and taste. Um, I think it's extremely amazing. It's an oolong tea, so it falls in that semi-oxidized category. It is harvested and produced in the, it's in the Wuyi region of the Fujian province of China. And that is extremely popular for a lot of oolong teas. And like I said, it's, a, it's become... A, an extremely popular tea due to its very unique history. And frankly, it's actually one of the more expensive teas out there that you can get. And I'll explain a little bit more as to why. Just digging into, this is, there's, there's a really beautiful story of the history and the legend of Da Hong Pao. And, and the reason I wanted to talk about it today was due to its relation to honoring nature. And before we get into that legend again i just want to want to talk a little bit about like where it's produced that that wuyi province or wuyi region within the fujian province so this wuyi region is extremely known and well known for what's called rock teas or yanchas uh yancha just means rock tea and the reason it's called that is because a lot of these teas are grown on cliff sides they're grown where the terrain is extremely challenging. There's mountains. You have the Wuyi Mountains, um, where a lot of these beautiful oolong teas come from. Specifically, this Da Hong Pao is one of the more 
popular and expensive teas that come from it. And it's expensive, one, because of that challenging terrain that it grows on. So there's no machinery or equipment that can actually harvest and help with the harvesting. So a lot of it is hand-picked. One of the legends is that it is picked by monkeys. And these, and Da Hong Pao, I'll just quickly say, the actual name Da Hong Pao literally to English translate translates to big red robe. And one of the legends that was later proven to not be true, but I love it, is that these monkeys that would handpick these tea leaves were draped in these red robes so that they could easily be spotted and seen from a distance and the the people following them could uh yeah, could follow them because they were much slower, but they could see the the red robes within the green trees and the and the green tea leaves. I just like that story. I think it's funny. It's cute thinking of monkeys in little red robes running around picking tea leaves. Beautiful. Um, like I said, that's not the it's not the legend that we're going to be talking about today because there's there's a beautiful legend um, that that we're going to dig into. But first, I think it's important to note that, like I said, this is one of the more expensive teas in the world. And the reason being, not only, like I've mentioned, is the fact that it is extremely challenging to harvest and to process, but it is extremely rare in the sense that the tea trees, the original tea trees that this legend comes from, is are minimal. They're, they're slowly, slowly reducing in population and... Therefore, they're very, very minimal. So when I say expensive, just to give you an estimate, in 2002, so it's been a while, been 20 years, there was an auction for these tea leaves and they were priced for 20 grams. They were priced at about $28,000 US dollars. That's 30 times the amount of gold for that weight for 20 grams. So the the most expensive I think I saw was for one kilogram. And again, this was 20 years ago. I can't imagine what it is today. The most expensive I saw was for one kilogram of this Da Hong Pao was going at about just over a million dollars. So ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. So let's dig into this history and the legend of Da Hong Pao. One day... This student, who was traveling around the the Chinese lands and around the Fujian province, um, fell extremely, extremely ill, to the point where the student had practically accepted death. They, the student went to traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and had seeked help, and nothing was aiding this, this student, and no, no doctor, physician... Um, practitioner knew of knew what was going on, and so the student was slowly but surely accepting that probably nearing his end. However, the student was blessed in the sense that he stumbled upon this monk, or this monk was also traveling through the town where the student was practically accepting death, and the monk had heard that there's this unknown case of something that this that people can't uh, can't figure out what's going on. And so the monk came in to, to examine 
the the man and the monk without saying anything left and a few days later came back these tea leaves and brewed up these tea leaves for this student gave it to him to mend his spirit his soul his body and within hours within minutes the student immediately felt relief and next day was practically 100%. And the student was obviously so grateful, so beyond grateful for saving his life, this, for this monk saving his life. The student told, or the monk just said, like, go be on your journey and, and do well with life and, and live your life to the fullest. So the student did. He, he, pre- he moved on with his life. He went, he journeyed around, finished his journeys. And on his journeys, he went and accomplished great feats. Um, so much so that the emperor of the time was so impressed by what he was seeing that not only did he ask that the student marry his daughter, but he gifted the man a large red draping robe as an honor, as a sign of respect and honor. The the student obviously gladly accepted um, and immediately thought. I must give this to the monk because the monk is who saved my life. So he went, presented it to the monk and the monk rejected his gift upon arrival. And the student was like, why are you rejecting? He's like, it wasn't me who saved, who saved you. Um, I just gave you the, the gift of, of what nature has provided. And so the student hearing this took a step back went, asked the monk, like, well, where are these, these herbs, these trees that you, uh, happen to, to help provide or bring to me? So the student went and draped the robe over these tea trees to protect them and to honor them for helping save his life. This big red robe he had draped over, which led to Da Hong Pao, which again, translates to big red robe. So what can we learn from that? I guess first and foremost, like like I said, this this legend, these these trees, it's so expen this tea is so expensive because these tea trees, the original mother tea trees, there's only 6 of them left in existence today. The fact that they are still actually around in existence today is fascinating hundreds thousands of years old these tea trees still survive to this day so much so that supposedly there are guards like they they've put on the endangered list like no one can harvest this tea anymore from these plants they're allowed to just live survive and enjoy their life as a tea tree and this is why this tea is is so highly valued and expensive and and the tea that i'm drinking this da hung pao is of relatives of that tea tree. So it's it's been extremely unique to see how they can extract the the DNA and the seeds and then grow more of these of this tea in other areas and you get this this uh what you can. Obviously being in the United States, I'm sure the tea that I have is extremely low low quality in comparison to many of these other um more local teas, but I just, I, I love, I love that, that story. And like knowing that, wow, this is, this lineage is in this cup that I can enjoy here in Minnesota. 
So I, I was meditating on this a lot lately, and I was thinking about just like the lessons and, and honoring nature and how it's so important as a not only tea consumer, but someone in, in the tea business that I hold it, hold myself accountable for honoring nature and honoring these tea trees and these tea plants. And I'm doing so by one, obviously sharing some of this knowledge with people so that they can, they can know themselves. And then therefore they can also honor the tea whenever they are able to, to consume this tea. But I think that there's, unfortunately, the more popular tea becomes and, and herbs like the, the I say tea as an open-ended expression of the tisans and botanicals as well the more popular these become and they are becoming extremely popular right now um, I fear the exploitation of those herbs and of those teas and I think that it's important to take a step back and honor every single tea that we consume on a daily basis, a weekly basis, whatever your consumption is, which is why I, I always talk about meditating with the first cup of tea in silence. Um, whenever I have people over to, to drink some tea, we always, I always encourage them to, to really listen to the tea, listen to the herbs, listen to the lineage that's in there. Um, know the story, know what you are consuming. Um, and, as someone in the tea industry, like I said, I, I have, I sell some herbs, I sell some teas, and it's something that I'm holding myself accountable to sourcing only high quality stuff because I want to know that there are fair practices, not only just for the land and sustainable practices for the land, so using organic processes that aren't filling the land with pesticides and and other chemicals that aren't quote-unquote natural to that landscape but also for the people working the land those people and their ancestors have truly known and been on that land far far longer than i mean i've never been on that land and it's a it's a goal of mine to travel to these these different areas where these teas are grown so that I can experience it in firsthand and understand what goes into it. Cause there's only so much you can know via reading and via listening to podcasts and, and other stuff. There's a, there's a difference when you can go and you can experience the land firsthand and actually get your hands in the soil, um, hands on the tea trees and, and listen to them that way, the living, the living product. So I think that there's just this, understanding of honoring nature every time that we are given the opportunity to enjoy a cup of tea to take a moment if you're enjoying a dahong pao and think about the history that the richness that there's only six of these trees left in the entire world and i have the opportunity to be enjoying a little bit of of it right now, right here. And I think that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. But you can do it with everything, even with things that are in a, we have a plethora of, like lavender, chamomile. 
my garden this year randomly grew chamomile. And I'm like, where did you come from? I didn't plant you, but it was beautiful. And I was like, that's so lucky. I'm so gifted with this opportunity to, to drink a little bit of chamomile tea that was just literally gifted to me. So I think that there is just honoring and understanding some of these things really enhances the whole tea experience, but not only just the tea experience, you can take this outside of the tea experience. And this is where we can start to optimize our our minds, bodies, and spirits through this practice is by understanding this history, understanding this education about these herbs, about these teas, and really, really encapsulating it and owning it in our hearts, our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirits, and honoring nature that way. So I challenge you to do that. Source high quality stuff. Maybe upgrade to a loose leaf. If that's out of your price range, then even with the tea bags, even with that stuff, take a little time. Slow down. Western culture is very, very fast-paced, and it's good to slow down, just remember where this tea came from and what it can do with us, not for us, but with us. Um, I think that that's, I've, I've decided years ago to, to change my language to working with these teas rather than using these teas and exploiting them in that way. So just little subtle differences there is, uh, yeah, are some lessons I've taken away from like this story where even the student, he had to be reminded to take a step back like, oh, nature, go back to nature, honor nature in that way. The monk was like, this has nothing to do with me. I was just, I was just passing along the information, but nothing to do with me. I didn't heal you. Nature did. And, uh. So yeah, so go enjoy outside. It's snowing right now, but there's still time for time for beauty. To just go outside, take a deep breath in nature, feel feel the air um, on your next cup of tea. Just take a moment, settle into it, enjoy it, and that's all. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this little history lesson. Um, if you can, if you have the opportunity to try some Da Hong Pao, um, there's some really great sources that I am not thinking of on, off the top of my head. But if, uh, yeah, I would say look for some, some, some sources. And if you go into a tea shop, ask about it. Like ask about the tea. And those people are extremely knowledgeable about every tea shop I go into. I always ask questions about these teas and yeah the the people there they love to talk <laughs> they love to talk about tea so so ask about the the history ask about where they source how they source who they source from and um, you'll get a, you'll start to get a good vibe of where good places are to get some of these teas so i appreciate you tuning in today um yeah let me know what if there's anything you want to hear more about um leave a five-star review and just uh in that in your review let me know what you want to hear about. I'd love to love to dig into things that people want to hear rather than um, these ideas that I have, which are, in my opinion, great. But let's hear what you want. So appreciate you. Thank you so much. Take some time today to honor some honor nature, and we will see you in the next episode. Hey. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're still listening, there's probably a good chance that you got some value out of today's episode. I am on a mission of helping 1 million people optimize their minds, bodies, and spirits with tea, and I need your help. If you can leave a five-star rating and review, this will help spread the word and show more people this show. I thank you for your help and support, and I look forward to seeing you soon.